Welcome to the Wholeheartedly Podcast, a space where emotional sponges can absorb understanding, acceptance, and joy while navigating both work and life. I'm your host, Kaylin Staten, and every other week we delve into the deep waters of what it means to integrate all facets of your life. It may be messy, beautiful, and everything in between, but at the end of the day, this is your story. This podcast aims to showcase stories to help you along in your journey, no matter where you find yourself on that path. Be sure to connect with us on social media, and I hope you enjoyed today's show. Hello, welcome to Wholeheartedly. If you are new here, we're happy to have you. If you're a returning listener, we're also happy to have you. I hope you're well, and I hope that you're settling into the summer months. For me, it's really hard to believe it's already June, and I'm kind of dealing with some sinus stuff, so if I feel a little off, if I sound a little off too, that's what it is. But, you know, honestly, this is a mental health podcast, so there are going to be times that I'm just going to feel off, and that's completely okay. It's all of the up and down nature of mental health. So I wanted to talk today specifically, this is another solo episode, but I wanted to talk about gut feelings because I feel like that's a term that is really thrown around and it's something that I have always known has been part of my own experience and my own reality, but it often gets, I don't want to use a cliche, but I'll just say it often gets a bad rap because we say that we have gut feelings about all kinds of different things. It's kind of one of those terms that we use loosely for lots of other different things. But recently I found myself in a situation where I really had a significant pull of a gut reaction. It was leading me one way when outside forces were leading me into a different way completely. I decided to go with my gut And here we are today talking about it. I know it's dangerous to always listen to feelings. And if there's anything that I've learned in my therapy journey, just my mental health path that I have been on for years, if one thing that I know is true, it's this, not to always listen to every feeling that you have, because sometimes that's a slippery slope and sometimes we don't need to listen to certain feelings. Sometimes they're, I don't want to say they're not valid, but sometimes they're just not leading us to a path that's fruitful. It could be leading us to a path of resentment. We could be going into a more negative mindset or behaviors. And so it's dangerous sometimes to listen to those feelings without having that logical brain to pull everything back into focus and into perspective. If you're like me, then you have a million emotions coming at you from both internal and external sources pretty much at all times. And I feel like I repel so many more than I used to. I don't soak them in as an emotional sponge, but there are times that I still do. There are times that I have just been taking hit after hit after hit and become overstimulated or angry or whatever kind of emotion. And then I'm not as receptive to thwarting those types of emotions. There are honestly just some instances in which I find myself almost being drawn to my gut feelings. It's like when a moth is really drawn to light, 
It's like something that I cannot look away from. And it's something that, you know, it could have a a negative connotation. It could be about something that I'm really struggling with, or it could just be an aha moment of finally, I have this clarity that I've been searching my entire life for. And I had one of the the latter type of experiences recently. I don't want to say I'm never wrong (laughs) when it comes to my gut feelings, because I am a human and I make mistakes every single day. But it's like when I have this feeling wash over me, it's this aura of calm and just complete serenity. And my nature is not that. I am always <laughs> on edge. There's some type of crisis that I'm helping to mitigate, whether it's work, whether it's in my own mind, whether it's dealing with a toddler or everyday life, what have you. I'm pretty much never in like a peaceful state. My cortisol is always through the roof. And so when these moments happen, I pause because I'm like, what is this feeling? And it feels like my true self coming through. And it feels like I really need to pay attention to the message that I'm trying to tell myself. I've learned over the years through various different experiences and things that have just transpired throughout my life to trust my gut, even when there's this push and pull or roller coaster of emotions or behaviors or actions from outside influences, because I have spent my entire life listening to those voices, whether it's in my subconscious of how I should act or how I should think or whatever I'm telling myself internally, or it's somebody outwardly telling me something. But I decided not too long ago that I was going to try my very best to not let those voices influence who I am as a person. And since I've made that shift, I've noticed that I can be more authentic in my communication with people, in my relationships, and I can communicate more about needs. And of course, this isn't a perfect process by any means. And I mean, I fall off the wagon all the time, but I do know that I have the general awareness of what's going on. And then I get back up when I fail. And I think that that's something that is vital for me to mention because I am the type of person naturally that when I make a mistake or something is hard, I don't want to try again. I mean, I I feel like a lot of us are probably this way. Like, it's too hard. You get overwhelmed. I'll just go do something that's inside my safety net and my comfort zone. But I've also had this part of me that has pushed myself and I've had others push me throughout my life to get out of that comfort zone. And so I'm trying to live in that gray area of not knowing what maybe the outcome will be, but just trying to push myself past that net because it's certainly for me. I become stagnant and it's no way for me to live because it really impacts my happiness. I'll describe what it feels like to have a gut feeling or to have intuition or whatever you want to call it. For me, it's mostly led by the heart, of course. But then there's also that combination of head and heart where it's that mix of logic and emotion. In the last episode, I talked about yin and yang a lot. But it could start with a feeling and it could start with something overwhelming or something that is just a quick synapse and I'm like push it to the side because I'm busy and I have to compartmentalize or I'm like, oh, that's not a big deal. But then when I start to look at it, I can 
And a lot of times now I can look at things more objectively than I used to. I was really, really subjective. (laughs) Still can be. But if I start to look at something with a logical lens and the feeling still remains the same, then I know that that's that gut feeling equation. And it's, and again, it's still led with feeling. It starts with a feeling, but then when I look at it and I can be objective about it and go through, for instance, a pros and cons list, or it doesn't even have to be written, but it can go through my head. Or if I step outside of myself and saying, am I just being irrational or illogical? Is this just really an emotion? And if I can answer that with no, then I know that it's a gut feeling. And so this may not be an equation that works for you. And I feel like getting to know myself has allowed me to realize that I have this even equation in the first place and how I deal with really complex issues. But as we get older, things become more and more complex and we realize things. And I just think that, you know, the past decade for sure has been just this uphill battle, I would say. And I know battle is probably a negative way to do it, but it's been very tumultuous and there have been some great things along the way, but it has been very hard work. That means that it's all worth it in the end. What led me to even want to do this episode in the first place and talk about intuition is that I recently had this very distinct moment of clarity about my therapy journey. And before I talk about this, I just want to say that I am an advocate for therapy. I haven't always been an advocate for therapy because I was in denial for a really long time that I needed help. I thought that I could do everything myself and I just had these delusions of grandeur and my ego was really in the way and I was arrogant and I'm like, "Ah, I don't need that. So I'm an advocate for therapy. I'm an advocate for medication. And first and foremost, I'm an advocate for anybody listening to do what works for you. And what I, when I talk about my experiences, I hope that you can take some nuggets from them, but it's certainly not a blueprint for anybody to follow. I'm just talking about my experience just from somebody who has gone through my specific sets of circumstances. And yeah, so I, I've been in therapy for, oh goodness, (laughs) the years add up. So let me do some, some quick math, but I have been in therapy for eight years off and on. With the past four years since 2019, really on a consistent schedule with therapy, having consistent appointments, doing constant work to try to answer my pressing questions about myself, uncovering really hard things, dealing with really hard things, putting things into practice that I never imagined that I would put into practice. And so I am very, very thankful for everything that I have encountered positive, negative, neutral. But I believe that there comes a point when I know that I need to leave the nest. I need to spread my wings and fly. I need to take the training wheels off the bike. Whatever cliche that you can have that shows that you're ready to move on. I got to that point where I realized that if I don't do what I have been learning from different individuals different books, different experiences, 
if I don't do the work myself, then I feel like I would hide behind the curtain of therapy. And I'm not saying that it's enabling (laughs) or like it's, it's a little challenging to explain, but I just know that I do have an implementation problem. And originally I went to therapy most recently for the implementation problem and saying, I really need somebody to make me accountable for all the things that I want to do. So I started to see that parameters were being met. I'm starting to get comfortable with implementing things. And the execution is always a really hard part when it comes to this work, because it's so easy to stay in your head. It's so easy just to say, this is where I feel the most comfortable. I don't want to get out of that box. I want to just continue to live there instead of trying to get out of it or break through it or whatever type of of metaphor that we can use. But I reached a point where it was time for me to just move on from it because I knew that I needed to put all of the, they say the tools in the toolkit, right? This is so stereotypical. This is like an episode of cliches, but I wanted to put everything that I've learned into practice. And I don't think that I can do that with somebody else making me accountable. Because at the end of the day, I am the person who lives in my body, in my head, in my heart, in my spirit. All of those are holistically me. And yes, it's wonderful to have outside validation of if I'm doing things, how I'm supposed to be doing them, or if I'm doing something that I've failed at. These are how you pick up those broken pieces of yourself and everything around you to continue to move on and make progress and to make amends or whatever you need to do. As somebody who's been in therapy for eight years consistently, I just know that it's time for me to be the one to do the work. Not that I haven't been the whole time, but it's time for me to see if I can do it. And if I don't, do it if i fail if i if life hands me something that i feel like i can't handle then i will most certainly go back to therapy and try to work things out but i'm just at a point in my life where i know that i'm ready it makes me think of just a song from my younger days which is kelly clarkson's breakaway these lyrics really resonate with me and it's like one of those moments that you hear something For the first time that you've been listening to for years and years, but in the song, she says, I'll spread my wings and I'll learn how to fly. I'll do what it takes till I touch the sky and I'll make a wish, take a chance, make a change and break away. I didn't want to sing because this is not a singing podcast, (laughs) but I feel like the past few years have been me climbing this mountain and I know I've said it before, but I feel like I've been on the cusp of something for a long time. And I've talked a lot about Maslow's hierarchy of needs. And it's something I'll talk about right now. But I feel like all of us want to reach our own level of self-actualization and then even beyond that transcendence. And I've been working so hard to reach that mountaintop. And I've alluded to the fact that it's like Luke Skywalker and Obi-Wan Kenobi and C-3PO and R2-D2 standing on the cliff overlooking Moss Eisley on Tatooine when Luke Skywalker's life just completely changed. And he's learning to take the first steps to becoming a Jedi. 
And I feel like I've been on the cusp of that type of awakening for a really long time. And I'm also really aware that it can take a lifetime to reach transcendence and there are ebbs and flows. And with Maslow's hierarchy of needs, I could completely not have the bottom most foundational part met, which are basic needs at some point in the future. There are so many ups and downs to life and it's not a linear path. And I was looking at it like it was a linear path. And until I started to really realize that I needed to accept that life is not linear and to give myself grace for mistakes and downtime and realize that any step in the right direction is progress. So I've reached the top though. I feel like I've reached the top. While I'm not an expert in psychology, I'm an expert in myself and I've answered the most pressing issues. And now I just have to do the work. I have to descend the mountain once I've reached the top and it's been beautiful, beautiful sunrise or sunset. And I like being up high on on mountaintops and having this aerial view of things. So I've seen it. I've seen it holistically. I've seen the details. Now it's time for me to leave the mountain and go into everyday life with the right tools. So I may end up having the wrong tool. I may fall off. I may get overwhelmed and stop. <laughs> I may have negative thoughts. All of it. I'll, I'll have all of it. But I have to own the process as my own and do this myself or I'll never be able to leave the mountain. And for me, that means to not have therapy, whether it is a break that is eternal or it's something that I'm just taking a small respite from. But I just know that this is the right decision for me. It was time. It was time that and so many other reasons. But ultimately, I know that I want to stand on my own two feet because I know that I'm resilient enough to do it. I go back and forth, though, (laughs) as anybody who is a perfectionist or anybody who has any kind of doubt would do. And I have doubted this decision, even though I know it's the right one and it's a gut decision. So, I mean, you're, you're all along with the process with me and we'll see how it goes from here. But I know that right now I can do it no matter what anybody else says out in the world. I have to go with my gut. And when I was researching this episode, I saw that scientists call the stomach the second brain. I read this Harvard Business Review article that stated that there's a neural network of 100 million neurons in our digestive tract. So when you face an intuitive decision, your brain and your gut were together to help make the wisest decision based on emotional and experiential data. So yeah, it just makes total sense that that the brain, the heart, the gut, they're all related. For me, when I get this is I get this like feeling in the pit of my stomach and it's like this gnawing feeling or it could be kind of like an out of body experience where it's like I'm not even in control. It feels like, but I know I'm in control, but it's just a very strange type of feeling. And I know that a lot of us get a a feeling in the pits of our stomachs when we're overstimulated, anxious, when we have to give a presentation in front of a lot of people, when we have to make a decision. It was like one of one of the most eye-opening experiences for me recently. I remember when the morning that I really made the decision 
and the finality of it. I remembered in The Wizard of Oz when Dorothy goes to the wizard, of course, with her three friends that she's met along the way. And they finally get to talk to the Wizard of Oz. And he's about to take her up in the hot air balloon back to Omaha. And then, you know, of course, take her back to Kansas. And Glinda the Good Witch shows up. And Dorothy continues to ask for help. And Glinda says, you don't need to be helped any longer. You've always had the power to go back to Kansas. And then the Scarecrow asks why that Glinda didn't tell Dorothy before. And Glinda says, because she wouldn't have believed me. She had to learn it for herself. And so like that still like gives me chills. I've watched this movie my entire life, literally three times a day when I was a child. And these quotes get lodged in your brain when you watch them. But I have never had that feeling of connecting to something, especially pop culture wise. I mean, I've heard this all, you know, like how many times have I heard Han Solo and Prince Leia say, I love you, I know, right? <laughs> so I wanted to give an example too of a particular time that a gut feeling also impacted something in my life. I could go through so many different examples other than like the recent therapy one and then the one I'm about to say. But I'll just talk about when I was pregnant with my son and it was a very challenging pregnancy. I imagine a lot of women have had very, very challenging pregnancies. And so I don't take just growing a life inside me lightly at all. But my body doesn't like to be pregnant. (laughs) And of course, I was pregnant during the height of the COVID-19 pandemic. There were a lot of stressors with that, a lot of health-related stressors during the pregnancy. And to top it off, he was a breech baby and he wouldn't turn. And I had been going to a chiropractor and she was trying to get him to turn, but his head kept going right back under my rib cage instead of head down to get prepared for birth. I remember during one of my final checkups, my doctor was like, you know, we can try to turn him if you just go to the hospital. And they call it an external cephalac version, an ECV. I think I said that correctly, which of course turns the baby from the head up position to downward. And when he said that, I was like, I, I don't feel right about that. I, I don't want that. I feel like it'll put him at risk. It'll put me at risk. And I just don't really, I, I think that there's a reason that he's not turning. And so the weekend before my scheduled C-section, he did try to turn and he couldn't, he couldn't do it. He got like halfway and he's like, I'm going to go back up. <laughs> and go to mom's rib cage. And that was a moment of clarity of being like, okay, I feel like I made the right decision. But then after he was born, my doctor said, I'm glad that we went with your instincts because you have an abnormality that prevented him from turning. Before he had said, I've learned to never question a mother's instincts, mother's intuition, right? And I just, I feel like I'm attuned to my body and its functions and it's a blessing and a curse. But in this case, it helped me make this like split second decision. This gut feeling was like instantaneous and it kept us both out of harm's way. I feel like I could go on and on about gut feelings and epiphanies and all of this, but I don't want it to be like a three hour episode. (laughs) So I wanted to give you some, I don't want to say tips. 
but just some ways that you can harness your gut feelings if you're a little bit unsure, if you're not really attuned to it, like following your heart. It reminds me too of the Jewel song from the early 2000s, Intuition, where she says, follow your heart, your intuition. I feel like that could be a good title for this episode as I'm talking. Keep thinking about like these 2000s songs, which is the music of my youth. So I'm very nostalgic. But how can you harness those gut feelings? Knowing the difference between emotion and logic will help. Feel your emotions, keep them, let them go. I know that's challenging and I typically have a, a process of what that looks like. I mentioned it a little bit before, but if I'm weighing a really heavy decision, I'm usually pretty honest with myself. I like to do pros and cons lists and not something that's like hugely scientific where we have to have qualitative and quantitative primary and secondary data and all this stuff. But it's just a good check just to see if they align with values or what you want out of life or this pros and cons list will actually make you happy. This decision will make you happy. And I feel like I'm mostly honest with myself when I write things down. I've never shied away from anything. I mean, of course, I've been in denial about certain things, but usually in my journal, I'm pretty honest with myself. So also to refine your sixth sense, which is usually what this is called, intuition, gut feelings, different instincts and things like that. When you hone this skill, you can be calmer in the face of a crisis. And for me, that helps when I have to handle crisis communications with my PR work that I do every single day and then other personal incidents. It helps me to step outside of the confines of my own mind and think about things logically, but then compare them again to my emotions like I was talking about earlier. If they're aligned, then that's usually my intuition coming into play. Don't give in to peer pressure. <laughs> I feel like I'm like a just say no campaign from the 90s. I don't want to sound like that, but it, you know, I don't want to be cheesy about anything that we had in middle and high school, but I do want to give notice to the fact that even as adults, we try to fit in and often seek validation outside of ourselves. And that becomes really dangerous because it can lead to addictive tendencies. It can lead to unhappiness. It can lead to just an overall disconnection with yourself. It's okay to have a sounding board. My husband is mine. And I mean, I trust his opinion and I trust his judgment. But at the end of the day, he cannot make my decisions about my mental health or things internally with me. Only I can do that. And if you listen to anybody who says that you're not ready, you're not strong enough, you don't have enough experience, you'll fail without them, any type of manipulative or even borderline manipulative behavior is something that you want to shy away from. And unfortunately, I have learned this from experience. I, you know, I didn't know what gaslighting was or love bombing was or anything like that until I've experienced a lot of these things. And so I think that just knowing and going through the process of the, of these things, even if they're negative experiences, will help shape you into a stronger person. Ultimately, you are the one who lives with the decisions that you make. And I know that it's hard, but to try to stay true to yourself with your decisions and your values. There have been so many times I haven't listened. I know that I'm like, look at all these things I've done with my intuition. 
but I haven't listened to all of my feelings about red flags and other things. But over the years and continuously, I keep learning to trust myself more. And that means to accept all parts of me, all parts of others, and then reflect and feel more connected to myself with my feelings, with my brain, with my gut. So that's all for this episode. Hopefully I gave you some more information about gut feelings, how they manifest within me. And I hope that reflecting on my own experiences and my own gut feelings have allowed you to maybe even pay attention to times that it's happened to you or you've figured out, hey, I probably need to listen to myself a little bit more and hone that skill. So yeah, I hope you have a great weekend if you're listening to this on release day on Friday or whenever you're listening to it. I hope you have a great day. Thank you for listening. As Fraser Crane said, wishing you good mental health. <laughs> Until next time, I will see you soon. Bye. This has been an Hourglass Media production.